Hey, how you doing? It's Dean. Welcome to another episode of The Psychology of Weight Loss. It's a show where I talk about the habits, mindsets, and systems that I use and that I'm going to encourage you to steal and use for yourself to not only lose weight, but keep it off forever. And I just want to talk about that for a moment. It's something I'm going to continually talk about on episodes because it's something that people don't realize. It is a big, big bugaboo on this journey to losing weight. There are two parts to the journey. The first part is losing weight. And if you're listening to this, then you know losing weight is hard. Like it's hard. But And everyone's got a weight loss story. You have a weight loss story. I've got about five or six weight loss stories. Oprah's got a weight loss story. Everyone's got, you get a weight loss story. You get a weight loss, everybody's got a weight loss story. There are a very, very, very small percentage of people who have a weight loss story that lasts, meaning they've lost the weight and they've kept it off for good. Now, I am beginning to fall into the latter, meaning... Um, I have a weight loss story that has now lasted three and a half years as of this recording, which I never had before. I've had short-term success where, you know, I've lost weight for three months, six months, not much more really than six months. I, I think my most successful period was when I wrote my book back in 2011, 2012. Uh, but then once again, like all the other times, the wheels ultimately fell off and I put all the weight back on again. And I was probably heavier than I'd ever been when I finally sort of got to my point in 2019 where I needed to, you know, I need to create a change. Uh, but it is, it's hard. This is a really, really hard journey. And so everything I share in this podcast is how to help you think differently about this so that you can finally eliminate what for most of us is the most pressing problem that we have. And if we can solve this problem, you would be amazed how many other problems just sort of evaporate as a result of getting this right for good. So what I thought I would talk about in today's episode, by the way, this is um, take number two. I started recording this yesterday. And <laughs> so I, first of all, I should tell you, I'm sitting in my mother's car. I'm, I'm up visiting my, my parents in Sudbury. So I'm sitting in my mother's car, which is in the parking lot at her apartment complex. Um, and I was out here yesterday recording, going along really well. And the iPad where I have my notes, it died. Uh, and it died because I did not actually even bother to check and see whether it was charged or not when I brought it out. So I was about midway through the podcast and it died. And then I had a bunch of other things that I had to do and, and I wasn't able to get back to it yesterday. So at this point in time, in an ideal world, every uh, I get the podcast out exactly on the day it's supposed to go. And I build up a streak of of you know one in a row and then two in a row and then five in a row and ten in a row. Uh, but right now, I just want to get one out once a week. And it's the same with you when it comes to habits. In the beginning, there's lots of resistance. And you're just trying to get them done. And so for me at this point in time, I just want to get it done. Would it have been great if I got it out yesterday as, as planned? Yes, it would have. But you know what? The next best thing is don't just do what I've always done in the past, which is like, oh, well, I'm just not going to do it. It's like, no, no, do it. Late is better than never. So doing something is always better than doing nothing. It's a wonderful way to sort of think about the stuff that you're doing. We don't always have an opportunity to do it exactly the way we want, but doing something is always, always, always better than doing nothing. So what I thought I would share with you today 
are uh, the way that uh, the essential, sorry, okay, there's uh, 10 things that want to come to my head at once. What I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you my 10 essential successful body habits for 2023, what I'm going to be focusing on. Um, and I will give you a little bit of, sorry, something in my throat there. Uh, I'll give you a little background about each one, just sort of a little explanation as to, uh, you know, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and sort of how it fits into my whole philosophy. I did want to preface this by saying these are my essential habits. Uh, these have evolved over the last, uh, today is day 1260. So they have evolved a lot over, over that time frame. So the idea here is not to say like, oh, Dean's telling me I have to do these. No, I'm, you can. You can absolutely steal them if you want to. But what's more important is you understand the prescription, sorry, <laughs> the principle versus the procedure. So I want you to understand the principles behind what I'm doing so that you can then adopt your own essential habits that you're going to focus on for 2023. So um, you might recall, if you have been reading the newsletter, that uh, a few newsletters ago, I talked about the idea of rather than goal setting, focus on habit setting. So I just want to talk about a little a bit a little bit about that for a moment. Boy, speaking the English language is eluding me today. This should be a fun podcast. Doesn't matter. It's going out regardless of <laughs> how bad this ends up. I said sometime it's always better to do something rather than nothing. But what um uh, I want to see, and and I just went on that little ramble, and I completely lost my train of thought. So um, I'm not going to charge you for this this nonsensical thing that's going on right now. As I try to figure out where I was going with that, but so I may have to backtrack, and hopefully I'll remember. But I'm going to share with you my ten essential habits. I got it now. I know what I was saying. I was talking about habit setting versus goal setting. So what most of us do, um, if if you do this anymore, is resolutions, right? And uh, resolutions is kind of a, a false, there's a whole false belief and mindset and approach about this. But essentially the way that we, uh, resolutions are really a wish list, right? So we sit down and we say, okay, in 2023, I want to lose 25 pounds. I want to quit smoking. I want to, and you know, there's a whole list of, uh, you know, a whole bunch of things you want to do. I want to increase my income and, you know, a whole list of things. The problem with those things is their outcomes. They're ju- and it's just a wish list. And, but we think, oh, if I write this down, something magical is going to happen. And guess what? Nothing magical happens. It's just this list. What it ends up being is a list of all the things you didn't do in 2023. So rather than just, rather than make some list that's not going to be any use to you at all, my suggestion is, is to, uh, rather than focus on uh, the outcomes, focus on the habits. What are the habits that you want to incorporate in 2023 that would enable successful weight loss to happen. And so I'm going to share the 10 with you that I'm going to focus on in 2023. But before I do that, I wanted to do, sorry, I don't know what's going on with my voice. Um, I wanted to share with you my initial 10 habits that I started out with back in July, 2019. So this was an idea that I came up with myself, and this was based on the fact that um, I had 53 years of experience knowing that if I continued to do the same things I've always done, I knew how this would end. It would end badly. I would fail once again. So I thought, okay, I need to do this differently. So I thought, I'm just going to focus. I'm going to focus on what I think would enable weight loss to happen. Now, I did have a goal, right? I Initially... 
I was 195 and I thought, man, if I could get to 170, like I think that would be life changing. So 25 pounds. So I did have a goal, but I thought once I kind of settled on, you know, I thought, okay, I want to lose 25 pounds. I just sort of pushed that to the side. I thought it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I want. What I ultimately need to do is I need to adopt the behaviors that would allow that possibility to happen. So that became my focus. And to take it a little bit further, it was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try and figure out the habits that I believe will make that happen. And I'm going to design essentially just one day. I'm going to design the perfect day and I'm going to repeat it 365 days for the entire year. Just going to, I'm just going to, whatever that list is, I'm just going to keep repeating those things. And then I'm going to log my data and look for evidence that what I'm doing is working, that my weight should be trending in the right direction if I'm doing the right things. And if I'm not doing the right things, then I got to figure out which ones are working, which ones are not working. And so I, I treated it and still treat it as an organic document that evolves over time. And anytime I get new and better information, I will update things. So here are the initial 10 that I had. Again, I had no idea if this was going to work, but I thought, okay, these are the things, these are the 10 things I'm going to focus on every single day. So I'll just read through the list. So number one, no refined sugars. Number two, no refined flours. Number three, no alcohol. Alcohol had an asterisk beside it, meaning I could have it once in a while, but it wasn't one of those things. Like I wasn't just going to sit at home, you know, at night and just have a beer after dinner or a beer with my dinner or a glass of wine with my dinner. Like I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to have it that way, but there were special occasions. And, and for me, it was a social event. There would be certain people I'd be hanging out with where uh, alcohol, you know, may be consumed. And so there, there were times that I could have it. Number four, eat three meals a day. Number five, no snacking, which meant eat meal number one, stop eating. Eat meal number two, stop eating. Eat meal number three, stop eating for 10 to 14 hours and then repeat the whole process again the next day. Number six, drink 1.5 liters of water. Number seven, weigh and log my foods. Number eight, plan tomorrow's meals today. Number nine, fast 12 to 16 hours and number 10 10 is kind of 10 is kind of a weird one it was drink coffee black and only have two a day so it it doesn't looking at it now it doesn't really fit uh in the context of sort of the way i think about this now but i know i know what my thinking was at the time uh at the time i was drinking probably four or five coffee a day so i wanted to reduce that number and I was putting heavy cream in it. I don't have anything against heavy cream. I still use heavy cream. But what happened was coffee was becoming a dessert. Initially, I'd put it in my coffee once. And, and then the other ones I would drink black. And, but then this is, this is sort of uh, something I do is that I, I have what you know, I call sort of behavior creep. Is, and I do this with everything where bad habits start creeping in. And then I'd be like, oh, let's have it twice. Let's have it three times. And before you know it, I was having it in every cup of coffee. And there are, I don't know if you've consumed heavy cream or not. Uh, it's very calorie dense. And those calories add up pretty quickly, especially when I'm not adjusting for it with all the other food I was eating. So anyhow, those were the 10 back then. And I continued to tweak them as I was going along. I've continued 
to follow this approach. So uh, it took me 50, 53 years to figure this out, but I thought if I just design the perfect day and I show up every day and I identify what I call the essential habits, I'm not looking to do a hundred different habits. I'm just looking to focus on the ones that I feel uh, give me the biggest bang for my buck and that I have a clear reason why I'm doing them. So that was what I was doing in 2019. Let me share with you now what I am doing in 2023. Sorry, I just have to pull this up here on my iPad. Okay, so um, the first thing that I want to preface is I've become a lot more skilled at doing these things. So they have evolved. And because I've gotten a lot more skilled, uh, some of my habits have moved. They're supporting players now. I still do them. But because they're so easy for me to do now, they're not, like, I don't have to think about them. They're not sort of, um, they're not top of mind anymore. I still do them. They're still, they still have, they still play a role. They're, but they're a supporting player. Um, and some of them now, because I've gotten so good at them, I've bundled them all together. So, um, and, and I'll sort of share, I'll, I'll kind of jump back and forth where I will share present, what I'm presently shooting for in 2023 and how some of the things have changed from 2019. So essential habit number one for 2023, weigh myself. That hasn't changed. I have been, I have been weighing myself every single day for the last, uh, 1,260 days. And the reason that I weigh myself is that uh, my philosophy for weighing myself is this. Because is it is it the perfect measurement? No, it's not the perfect measurement. But it is a very, very good measurement. Um, it, it gives me feedback right away whether or not my weight is trending in the direction I want. Now, I'm presently not looking to lose weight anymore. I've gotten down to that. Um... But what I have found is my ideal body weight range, which for me right now is between 150 and 153. If I do everything right, I can consistently stay within sort of a three-pound radius, which is you know roughly a 42 to 45-pound weight loss. Um, but weighing myself every day gives me immediate feedback. When I see that the number is skewing in a direction I don't want, then I immediately look to see what's going on and make adjustments so that I can correct the problem right away. I catch it in its infancy. And that's the power of weighing yourself every day. I know there's other people that have the philosophy of doing it once a week. The problem with that is um, you miss six days to see whether or not your weight's trending in the right direction or not. And uh, if it is trending in the wrong direction or even in the right direction, you don't exactly know what you're doing correctly or incorrectly. Um, so I weigh my, I still continue to weigh myself every day. Easiest thing that I can do. Uh, I just simply have to step on the scale. However, um, I say it's easy, but there is a lot of, um, uh, psychological sort of building that has to skill building that has to go on there to be able to learn how to deal with the number, which I've also been able to do. So habit number one, weigh myself every day. Habit number two, plan my eating and eat as planned. Now, this is a little more nuanced because it really encompasses um, a number of different things. But what I have, um, what I realized is my biggest problem on this journey, and it's the number one thing. If I fix this, everything goes according to plan. And and now, I mean, all the other things are important, but this is my number one problem. 
um, and I and I it's my mindset for me, and I believe it is the mindset that everybody who struggles with their weight should have. If you're overweight, it's because you overeat. I know people are going to say, no, no, but Dean, I've got this, I've got that. If we're overweight, it's because we overeat. And most people um, don't know that they overeat because they don't log their foods. They have no idea how much they're consuming. And it is scientifically proven that we are horrible estimators. So even though you'd say, oh, no, 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 Dean, I don't overeat. I'm guaranteeing you. If you are overweight, you are overeating. Guaranteed. I, I would have I would have put up the same argument that you put up. I used to keep saying, oh, I eat better than most people on the planet. How come I'm fat? Because <laughs> I was overeating. But I wasn't tracking it. So I had no... I had I was going by memory. Memory, by the way, is a horrible tool to use when you're looking to create change in any area of life because it's unreliable and it will it will change to meet whatever outlook you want to sort of you know put an argument towards. So uh, plan my eating eat this plan. Let me just tell you uh, the, what what is included within that. Um, first and foremost, I sit down every night and I plan the next day. I know what I'm going to eat the following day. I am a proactive eater. Most people, and this might be you, you're a reactive eater. You wake up in the morning, you have no idea what you're going to eat. You are at the mercy of your body and your brain. And as soon as it starts saying, hey, we want some food, you are subject to your environment, to the people around you, to the foods you see, to the urges you have, to the cravings that you're experiencing. And so you will open a, uh, you know, a fridge door, cupboard doors, and you will just eat whatever it is that you see. Whatever it is, oh, I want that. I'm going to have that. That's reactive eating. And reactive eating is um, not going to get people where they want to go. So that was one thing I had to fix. I was a reactive eater my whole life. And I thought, okay, this time around, I decide in advance what I'm going to have. So when I wake up in the morning, I know what I'm going to have. So that's the first thing. Plan the night before. Now, I use my fitness pal. And when I'm planning the night before, I'm logging those foods already. So my food log is already populated with portion sizes and everything else the night before. So that also scratches off uh, or checks off the box of logging my foods and weighing my foods because as I'm eating today, I will because I'm at home and I have my food scale, I weigh my foods. Um, uh, just as quick aside to weighing, uh, whenever I'm at home, I use I always weigh my foods. It, it is my practice uh, for portion control. Right? I never thought that I could teach myself moderation. And I have taught myself moderation. And the food scale is probably 90% responsible for that. It taught me about like, you know, what a portion size should actually look like. And uh, so when I'm at home, I am super strict with that. So that when I'm out in the wild, if I'm at your place, I'm at a restaurant, uh, I'm eating out of a garbage can, whatever it is, I can figure out an appropriate, like I can estimate within reason... Uh, so that I'm not going to blow up physically and psychologically with this stuff. I can keep things. I can keep things in the ballpark. Uh, and it also uh, part of eating as planned is I have a calorie threshold that I have discovered. It took me a long time to figure this out, but for me, if I stay between 22 and 2400. Uh, magic happens. I am exactly where I want to be, and I can consistently stay there. Uh, and this is probably the first year, I'm into year four, where I actually now feel like I have this figured out. It doesn't mean that I can't make mistakes. I certainly do. But I now know what works. And it's like if I just show up and I consistently don't overeat and I and I stick to my plan, I'm good. 
And I have been good. The last four months, my weight has stayed within 150 and 153. Never had that happen before in my life. And the other thing is I also, because I log in advance, is I have a macro profile that I'm looking to maintain, which is, uh, and I just focus on one metric, healthy fats. Uh, every At the end of each day, my macro profile should be between 50 and 55% fat. And if I stick to that, magic happens. So uh, you can see there I've combined a whole bunch of things now into that one habit. Um, plan my eating and then eat as planned. The second part is the part that I really struggle with because I am a natural overeater. I struggle with it every day. I always want more and I've learned strategies to kind of figure out how to navigate that. But Anyhow, that is a pretty long explanation for habit uh, number two. But I said it's very nuanced, but I'm at that point now where I can combine things together. Habit number three, fast 18 hours. So fasting is still something I do. It was something I started doing back then. What you will notice is that I went from 12 to 16 hours. Now I'm at 18 hours. Truthfully, uh, I'm actually more than 18 hours. I fast about 20 hours a day. I'm not telling you to fast that long. I'm just saying I know fasting is important. And the way that I think about fasting is weight loss happens when we're not eating. Um, And so what I'm looking to do is I eat my food within a certain window, generally within four hours. Sometimes I do it in two hours, which, by the way, I thought if you had told me that last year that I could eat all my meals in two hours and then be good for the next 22, I would have said, dude, you are insane. And I I can do that effortlessly now. But again, that's a skill that I've taught myself. But typically a four-hour window, I'm in Sudbury visiting my parents. So my I have hybrid plans in place because sometimes I'm, I'm eating in a larger window. And my whole the whole purpose of my plan is it has to be reasonable. It needs to work wherever my feet are at. And I need to sort of, it, it has to be flexible. I need to be able to adjust on the fly uh, when my uh, environment changes. So, um, but what fasting does when I stop eating, that's when my body gets to do, it gets to uh, work on repair, recovery. Um, and then once all of that is, or as that's going on, it also has an opportunity to uh, get rid of fat. And once, once, digest, once I allow digestion to do its thing, when digestion is done and I continue to fast, that's when I start burning fat from fat cells. And that's what allows weight loss to happen. So that's how I think about fasting. Super important. Um, again, the number, um, you know, you can you can get great results with as little as 12 hours a day, right? If you eat your last meal at 8 o'clock and then had your next meal 8, you know, 8 a.m. the next morning, for example. Great benefits come from that. But uh, anyhow, so fasting is habit number three. Number four, ban toxic foods. Now, you'll that is also a combination of the first three that I talked about um, from 2019. So I've I've gotten really good at that now. I, I took out refined sugars. Um, I also took out refined flours. And again, alcohol still has an asterisk beside it. I have it once in a while, but I have it in much smaller quantities now. I'm laughing because I was at my dad's the other night and he had a beer. And he said, you want to split a beer? So he, he said split a beer because that's what, when I am having one with him, since I've been here a couple times, I'll be like, I'll have half a beer because that's all I need. You know, I get the taste, I get all the joy without, you know, any, you know, any of the, uh, you know, without the excess. 
<laughs> I said, you know what, Dad? I said, I'm actually not even in... I said, I don't even want to have half a beer. I'm just going to have a shot glass of your beer. I literally had a shooter of beer just to get the taste. And that was good. I was good to go. Uh, the other toxic foods that I look to ban are... Uh, chemicals and preservatives, unnecessary chemicals and preservatives. There are a few foods that I do make exceptions for, um, but I try to have 97% of the foods that I'm eating um, are, are clean, just clean whole foods. And then I, I make exceptions because again, it has to be reasonable. Uh, but the way that I think about this when it comes to, to toxic foods is that they are the cause of cancers, contagions, and other fatal conditions. Like there's no secret, for example, that pets now are getting the same diseases as we're getting. And they say, well, what's the commonality? They eat the same ultra-processed foods that we eat. So that's my thinking around that habit that I'm going to, that I'm going to continue to do in 2023. Uh, habit number five, drink three liters of water. That has never changed, uh, but you will notice that I that I built that skill up. I actually drink four liters a day, but again, I always set the minimum. Like on, on, So it has to work on my worst days. So sometimes I don't get four liters in, but as long as I get three, I'm good to go. Uh, and for me, water is all, I mean, it serves a whole bunch of functions. Uh, we obviously can't go very, we can go a long time without food, but we can only go a few days without water. So water is super critical uh, to our overall health. But the way I think about it is it flushes out toxins. And that's where my weight loss occurs. Um, more information than you need to know, but I started weighing myself at night before I go to bed because I was curious to see how much weight do I lose overnight. I lose my weight when I pee, uh, and I will, I will, um, I will lose. So, for example, uh, I lost four point eight pounds uh, from last night to this morning when I got up and got on the scale. So, uh, it, it's flushing out toxins, and it, for me, it enables that weight loss to happen. Number six, do 10-minute body. That was not initially uh, part of my 2019 plan. When I first started, I knew that I had determined that weight loss doesn't have... You don't lose weight exercising. Most of us don't work out hard enough um, to, to burn the number of calories that would need to be burned to lose weight. So, um, But 10-minute body for me serves two purposes. Literally keep it to 10 minutes of exercise. I uh, don't change into workout clothes. I don't go to a gym. I just do it wherever I'm at. So right now I'm doing it at my mother's place. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I have a funny story about doing pull-ups in the stairwell. I'll have to tell that another time. though. Um, so 10-minute body, and there's two purposes to that. It is to uh, increase my strength, what my body can actually do, um, and how it looks. Uh, back to the first one, what it can do. Um, I think about it in terms of could I save my life or somebody else's in an emergency. So I try to think about like I want to be able to pull my own body weight, push my own body weight, pull somebody else's body weight, climb up if there's a fire somewhere and I have to climb up to get out or climb up to get in to help somebody like like that's kind of how I think about this um, habit number seven this is new and this one is uh, I've been trying to do this in 2022 with um, a little bit of success but very inconsistent so for 2023 it's to do 10 minute flexibility what I call 10 MF not the MF you're thinking about 10-minute flexibility. So each day, um, I want to focus on a specific uh, t- 
target that I'm going to be training. The way that I think about flexibility is that um, uh, there's a difference between growing old and getting old. Getting old is a result of deterioration, uh, which is due to neglect. We just we we don't train flexibility. We just stop. Like there's a reason that as people get older, they're susceptible to falls. Like we're not supposed to be falling down stairs or just falling down and breaking hips because we're old. Um, so people falsely believe like, oh, when I get old, I'm going to be falling down. It's like, no, it's like we're falling down because we've lost our mobility and flexibility because we don't train it. So I don't want to be that guy that's like, you know, I've fallen and I can't get up kind of thing. So I am going to be actively working on and I'm going to continue to work on some things. I've been working on how to do a middle split. I'm going to incorporate side split into this as well. I've got... Uh, you know, thoracic bridge or wheel or for the yoga people out there that I'm going to be working on. Like, so I'm working on a bunch of different skills, but that's the way that I'm thinking about flexibility is that I have no intention of falling downstairs or just falling in general um, because I have deteriorated over time. Habit number eight, walk three kilometers. Um, on So right now on my iPhone for 20 22, I have walked an average of 5.2 kilometers a day. Uh, But again, I always sort of design things so they work on my worst day. So the goal is always to get three kilometers in. Now I say that, but whenever I'm in Sudbury, Sudbury is a terrible walking city. Terrible, terrible, especially in the wintertime. So I have been averaging about two kilometers a day over the last five days. So I need to make a better effort to at least hit my minimum. I haven't hit the minimum five days in a row. But I'm more interested in my long-term average. Uh, So the goal is three kilometers every day, but I'm really interested in my weekly averages. And as long as that weekly average is above three, I'm good with that. Habit number eight. No, that was habit eight. Sorry, my iPad turned off. Habit number nine. Create seven plus hours of sleep opportunity. So sleep wasn't on my radar really for the first three years. But uh, this year, in 2022, I really started sort of focusing on it. And you'll notice the languaging there as I've intentionally said, like sleep opportunity. I can't control. I mean, all I can control are the conditions for great sleep to happen. Like I I had my, you know, I'll have one or two cups of coffee and I'm done usually by 9.30 in the morning and then I don't have any more caffeinated drinks for the rest of the day. Um, you know, I, I try to, I, I get up at the same time every morning. I, I try to get to bed between 10.30 and 11. So I've, I'm trying to set up all the conditions for great sleep. But whether I fall asleep or not, I'm not, sorry, I have to be careful of my languaging here, but I presently struggle getting good quality sleep. Partly, and maybe mostly, because I, I have restless leg syndrome. So my legs at times get a little antsy. So I've got to move them. So if any of you have that, then you know what I'm talking about. But it does it does uh, play with my sleep. So all I can control is when I get into bed and when I get up. So I'm looking to be in bed for at least seven hours. And if, if, if I'm in bed, good things can happen. And number 10, record the results and extract wisdom. And that one is a little more all-encompassing. Um, I didn't have that on my, uh, I didn't have that on any, uh, like when I first started this, the whole concept of management was not on my radar, but I now realize, uh, when I, it, it probably came to light maybe two months into my journey where 
I started reflecting on the past and I thought, I don't know how to manage myself as I start these things. And then I just suddenly I'm not doing them anymore. And I thought, I need to figure out a way to begin measuring everything I'm doing and then managing those things. And so every behavior that I adopt has to be measured. I have to find a way, even if it's just yes or no, like, yes, I did it. No, I didn't do it. Uh, I have to measure it. I record it in a spreadsheet that I have been keeping now for the last three and a half years. And that spreadsheet has continued to expand. Initially, it started with two columns. It was just calories consumed and my weight. And now it's about 30 columns because I'm recording things like what time I went to bed, what time did I get up, uh, number of calories, my macro profile breakdown, number of ca- uh, number of uh, kilometers walked, uh, the different, you know, like how many push-ups did I do today? How many pull-ups did I do? Um, you know, when did I, when did my fast end? When does my fast start? How long was my fast? So like I'm recording all sorts of things now and that data has been invaluable. And then using that, the next part, and this is, this is the, uh, the critical part, is that we, we don't learn from experience. We learn by reflecting on our experience. And so what I've created for myself is my 3-2-1 journal. So every morning, and, and it's a Notion template, and so it's just automatic. I just hit a little plus sign. Automatically, uh, a new template comes up. and I re- So every morning, I reflect on the journey. I record three wins. I record two improvements and that's intentional language so it's not like you know what did I fail at it's like no what do I need to improve at what am I still struggling with um and you know what what could I do to 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 make a little bit of a little bit of progress on that and then one discovery and a discovery could be an original insight of my own it could be something someone else has said it could be a quote it could be a resource it could be a book um but I do that every day and uh you know, a lot of days it's just sort of, you know, there's nothing extraordinary that, that comes out of the journal. But every once in a while, like, for example, last week, um, I realized that when I have to think about what it is I need to do, the likelihood that I'm going to do that thing is the probability is pretty close to zero. As an example, um, I want to do some flexibility today. I don't know what I'm doing yet. And so whenever I have to think about, oh, what am I going to do? The likelihood that I'm going to do it, it's slim to none. Uh, it's the same with you with your eating. That's why my, my eating is completely automated now. I spend zero. No, that's not true. I spend, a, I spend about two minutes a day thinking about my eating. So I never have to think about it the next day. I know when I go back in the house, I already know that I'm having uh, an omelet with, uh, with some cheese and uh, some tomatoes and some avocados. And then, I, you know, I, I'm having my big-ass salad. And so, I, you know, again, I already know I've, I'm having uh, drumsticks, chicken legs uh, for my other meal. So I took those out the night before. Like, I already know. Like, I don't have to think about it. I already know what it is I'm going to have, and I know how many calories that's going to be, and I know the macro profile. And so it, uh, it has done wonders for me. So those are what I'm going to be focusing on in 20. 23 the two main ones so so most of these um are i've I've been doing them now for three three and a half years and i know they're important so i'm just going to keep showing up and doing them the two that are the most challenging for me uh is not overeating that is a continued challenge i started focusing on that uh in the lot about three months ago where i finally came to the insight that the the longer that i consistently don't overeat 
the easier it is for me to maintain my weight. But every time I overeat, it probably sets me back about a week. Uh, and I open up the door of like, hey, overeating is okay. And then I keep overeating. And then it, it becomes a lot of work trying not to overeat anymore. And the other thing, and, and the greatest, well, I, overeating is my biggest challenge and that I want to teach myself not to do in 2023. So that hopefully moving forward, that becomes a thing I don't even think about anymore. And then the flexibility. I want to train flexibility um, every single day. So I'd like to get, I, uh, each week I'd like to have an hour of flexibility under my belt. So I'm going to figure out, again, I'm flexible in terms of how I'm going to do that. Uh, but the way I'm looking at it is 10 minutes a day. And my approach is going to be that I'm going to design a seven-day um, flexibility program so that on, you know, so like next week, by this time, hopefully I'm not going to be thinking, what am I going to do today? It's like, no, no, Fridays is this. Saturdays is this. Sundays is this. It's the same thing with my eating. I have a one-week meal plan. So I, uh, like when I go to plan tomorrow, I'm just going to copy last Saturday into my fitness pal that takes me about 10 seconds and then I just quickly go through and I say oh you know what I'm not going to have those veggies I'm going to have those veggies instead and then I can even change the protein sources I'd be like ah, oh, no, you know I'm not in the mood for that so I'm going to have this instead but it makes it super easy um, because I already have something that I'm not I'm not dealing with a blank canvas so that's it my friend so um, so what does this mean for you well I want to go back to what I originally talked about uh, most people, what they do is they basically say, I want to lose weight and that's it. That's their goals for the year. But they don't actually think about like, okay, that's the overarching goal. Uh, that's sort of the vivid vision. That's where I want to go. Super important. You got to know where you're going. But useless if that's all you do. And then you say, okay, what are the, like if you took my approach and I'm going to recommend you, you start, steal my approach of like, I just designed one day. Like those habits, I do those habits Every single day. And I keep score. Uh, something else that's in my spreadsheet. Of like, what did I get out of 10? Like yesterday, I got 9 out of 10 because I didn't walk my 3 kilometers. And I make a little note and then, you know, try to figure out, okay, like how am I going to get my 3 kilometers in today? Um, but I keep score. And it doesn't matter whether I get 0 out of 10, which I've never gotten, uh, or I get 10 out of 10. Uh, the next day, I start from scratch. And my goal is to get 10 out of 10. So I have designed, essentially, the perfect Groundhog Day. Right is that I just show up and I just keep repeating this one day, and when I turn that day into uh, into weeks, and then the, those weeks into months and now years, magic happens. But it doesn't happen in one day, but it happens just by bundling these days into weeks, months, and years, and then at some point it'll be decades. But I, I now know that if I just keep doing this a decade from now, I'm still going to look the way I look now. And I never, I spend no time thinking, but oh my God, I'm overweight. What am I going to do? Like, I don't have to keep coming back to try and fix this problem. I fixed it three years ago and I've spent the last three years just showing up, doing the work. Stop stopping. It's like these work, don't stop them. You just, you do, you keep doing them. Forever. And here's what I'll end with. This is this. If you ask me what my success was, is uh, I can tell you my my success formula in six words. Ten essential habits done every day forever. So my challenge to you is to sit down and you don't I, I wouldn't recommend that you start with 10 habits, but I would sit down and say, OK, like what are the first three habits 
that I should begin adopting to begin to skew the odds of weight loss success in my favor. You can steal three of mine, but start at a level that you're capable at. Like you remember when you heard my my first go at this, um, like I was not a water drinker. Like I'm like a camel, you know, it's just not something I think about. So in the beginning, it's like, let's just 1.5 is going to make me stretch. Um, but it's not too much. Like I can, that's reasonable. And then over time, as I got better, now I've doubled that. Um, with the walking, uh, uh, actually walking, I reduced initially it was walk five kilometers a day. That was too much. So I thought, let's just reduce it. Let's just go for three kilometers. And then more often than not, I have days where I walk a lot more than five kilometers. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the bonus, but just set the minimum. Um, same thing with pushups, pull-ups, you know, my goal is to do 30, pull-ups in a day now i reduced actually from last year anyway i'm getting i'm getting i'm getting into the weeds um what habits some habit setting why don't you pick three that you're going to commit to every single day and then uh like at the end of the year when you're looking at you say okay i did those three habits and then in march i added a fourth habit and then in june i added a fifth and in 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 august i added a sixth and by the end of the year you've got these 10 habits and you've got proof that it actually allowed successful weight loss not only to happen, but to keep it off. And that's how I've kept it off. I just keep doing the same habits every single day. Okay, my friend, uh, if you're listening to this before December 31st or on December 31st, happy 2023. It's going to be a good year for you and I. Okay, my friend, be well. Ciao.